0: Bienvenue sur to Le Podcast The Soccer ONU. New Parle the Football of Delaware, the de Football Dan's Le Rest of the Moon, it the to the rest. Welcome to the soccer podcast where we talk soccer in Delaware, soccer in the rest of the world, and everything in between. My name is Sebastian, and this week I'm joined here by Duane.
1: If you guys can't tell, Sebastian has changed his allegiance from allegiance from uh, Spanish to French because as he left Spain.
0: I mean, at this point, listen, let's be realistic. No one is watching La Liga this year. It no longer matters unless somehow uh, Ronald Koeman decides that he's going to put Ricky Pooch in the starting lineup every single game. I I have, like, it sounds really weird. This is the Florida in me coming out. I am now no longer really caring about Barcelona. I now uh, want to support PSG. I
1: mean, I've always so, done the PSG train.
0: You you have, you have. And now I'm gonna be joining you. I'm gonna be wearing uh some Jordan gear. So if you out there, MJ, feel free to uh send us some some gear. We will rock it out in the podcast. I
1: already have the sneakers, so I'm I'm gonna step ahead. You are but yeah, um that's huge. It's huge. They yeah. shook up the football world.
0: We'll we'll talk a lot about yeah, we'll we'll talk a little bit about that in a minute. Um first, let's talk about uh so summer camps ended up. Uh, that we finished up summer camps in uh, for Delaware Union this this past week. Uh, I'm back in Delaware also. Um, you know, for those of you that were that were worried um, or concerned, if I was in Colorado still, I am not. I am back in Delaware. Uh, so summer camps finished up. We had uh, 70 kids in our last summer camp. So I thought that was that was awesome. I think overall the entire summer we ended up with like uh, some crazy number, like almost 300 players throughout the entire summer. Uh, or maybe a little bit more. So very, very exciting stuff. Uh, good congratulations to Coach Anthony for for the entire uh, summer and just doing a really, really good job with it. So, um, and then this week we start preseason.
1: So you, how how is your preparation for preseason going doing? Um, well, we've kind of been training throughout the summer, but this week yeah. is really you know the week to start ramping things up. Uh, we actually have friendly scheduled this weekend down in Henlopens for both groups, the 09 boys and 07 boys. So we get to train twice this week and then go out there and put the product together. Nice. Um, my high school boys actually have double preseason for the ones that are going to make it because their uh, high school season start this week.
0: That's right. Yeah. So overall, very exciting that We have our girls preseason camp next week, uh, Monday through Thursday. So four nights. In a row of training, which I think is really exciting. We have some new other players coming out. Uh I mean, we'll I mean we have a guest coming up in a couple of minutes, but we may have a guest appearance our preseason camp. I'm not really gonna talk too much about it because I kinda wanted to be a little bit of a surprise. But uh, our guest may or may not be making an appearance uh at at the fields at some point this week. So you never know. So Duane, you never know who you might run into in the field.
1: Never know. Never know. We have a lot of guests that are supposed to pop up. So it's
0: true. Maybe one. Maybe there'll be a day where we like don't have to coach, and our guests can also coach our teams. That'd be perfect too.
1: That be, still, that'd waiting be really <laughs> still waiting on Chad. Let Chad. So waiting on Chad to run that session. <laughs> we are
0: a super excited today to welcome back one of our favorite guests of all time. Um, somebody that I I, I think when. When we talked about uh, so a couple of weeks ago when we had Greg Langstaff from Canada on the show, um, we talked about him being one of our first international guests. And while granted, this guest lives here like 20 minutes down the road from from where I'm recording. Um, she is now going to be considering we called Canada, we called Greg our Canada correspondent. We now have our our resident European correspondent because she is from so many different places in Europe. Um Coach Linda is here from Strive. Hi,
2: hey, how's it going? Multinational, international po- podcast here, Coach. I'm loving it.
0: I mean, I think right now, considering, um, yeah, I think we we had, you know, my dad's been on the podcast. We had one other, uh, one of our, one of my, one of my friends, the coach of the New York Red Bulls. He's from Colombia. He was on the podcast, so we covered South America. Now we just co- covered the northern part of North America. Um, and, and we, yeah, we have, we have our resident European correspondent.
2: There you go. I'll rep, I'll I'll take the, the Germany and the English rep. There you go.
0: Perfect. I mean, that's fantastic. I mean, honestly, right now, uh, unless you, you were to tell me that you came from Paris at some point, which is probably our, our hottest topic conversation at some point today. Uh, uh, like that's like, there's nothing else that, that, I mean, premier league starts today. Yep uh yeah. Premier League starts today. Um so, you know, just super excited. Like right now Spain is probably the least most the least popular country in all of Europe from a from a football perspective.
2: <laughs> well, you've just had an exodus of uh of many many uh quote unquote fans. No one
0: no one is, is watching La Liga history. this year. No one is watching La <laughs> Liga, <this year. laughs> no Liga this year. Um everyone's quit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. ESPN just acquired the rights and now no one's going to watch it. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but yeah so coach linda's on today uh because she's going to talk about we're gonna talk about grit right so but before that let's 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 kind of wrap let's kind of like um a we're super excited to have you on the podcast uh but b this is uh this is kind of like a little bit of segue into this being our last drive like like official strive like podcast uh like segment um Partially because you guys started your own podcast, which is super exciting.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think um, first off, we're, we're excited to have been on so many times, and I highly doubt this is our last time. Um, but I think it's one of those things, right? Like, I, as coaches, we learn from each other, we get inspired by each other, and 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 you you're giving us this platform to consistently talk about leadership. We were like. Wow, like we we can expand and do that within our organization as well and and now now be able to pull you guys into that and other people. and I think um the more we can spread these powerful, important messages to people i I think the better and and I love that um unlike what we sometimes see in in different club sports it's not you know oh we're trying to steal this trying to steal that it's 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 hyping each other up and amplifying each other's voices to to be further and and um we we you know i think we we agree on this is that we we both come from a place where we believe in abundance rather than scarcity as in like the more the better rather than like what is everyone doing so we, yeah we were inspired and, and and encouraged by by the platform you all gave us and so yeah it's it's been amazing
0: yeah so that podcast is called strive how you lead matters uh, and you can find it on spotify yeah
2: yeah you can I'm excited it's been awesome. great
0: all right so let's talk about um let's talk about the topic uh, we, we were talking off before we started recording um, big topic conversation I think over the last month, considering it was an Olympic year or twenty
2: twenty
0: plus one <laughs> Olympic year, um, was, was grit. Yeah, right. Yeah. I think this is one of your favorite topics to discuss. Right.
2: This is this is and anyone who has ever had more than a three minute conversation with me has been inundated by my uh, excitement into into the research and background of 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 grit. I, it, like it's it's something that I became. Uh, obsessed with, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Um, when I first uh, came back to coach at Strive summer camp, um, in 2010, um, I was a college athlete who'd been injured a lot, and um, I always heard a lot about grit, but it was always kind of uh talked about in terms of toughness, right? Like, oh, you've got to be tougher in the tackle, we've got to be grittier, it's like knuckling down, and and that always kind of didn't sit well with me. And and when I, when I kind of came to strive, I was exposed to to the research from um, Angela Duckworth and Carol Dweck that was like, okay, grit is passion and perseverance towards a long-term goal, right? So it's not like how hard can you hit or like how quickly can you bounce back up? It, it's this whole different topic. And so I kind of really dug into that and um, you know, it, and it sparks me every time when there's an Olympics or a major tournament um because uh you know the the discussions always start with like well do you win a bronze or is it you're losing a gold well are those is was the person who won grittier or and it's like well actually it's passion and pers- perseverance towards a long-term goal what was that athlete's long-term goal maybe right. bec- maybe coming ninth right was like that person was gritty maybe like getting to the start line that person was was gritty it's not it's not about winning. Right. Um, and, and so, yeah, it's, it's, it's something I, I absolutely adore. And I think it's something, especially in the sporting world, uh, it's, there's a big misconception about about What grit is, especially in weight rooms and, um, fitness testing, right. It's like be gritty, be tough. And it's like, what, are, what do you mean? Like, what, what does that look like? Right.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, ultimately I think, um, think a lot of people could like to a certain extent the example is just like oh you get up you got to get gritty just throw some dirt on it and just kind of keep going right like yeah i think you bring up a really good point especially from talking about the olympics and i think there's a lot of different like ways we can we can compare it but you know i i one of my favorite sports to watch in the olympics is swimming yes uh, i love every single event in swimming and i try to watch as many of them as possible and i and it's not and it's okay. To the people that just want to watch the finals or just want to watch the final heats. But to me, the really cool thing is to watch the the first heats, right? Because yep, in the back yep. of your head, you're thinking, all right. So you're. Let's just say, let's we'll just pick. Let's just pick the the hundred the hundred meter free, right? Yep. So the event is usually done on the, around a minute or less than a minute, right? The 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 it's right around the under a minute. Um. So we're talking about some of the like the, you know let's just say there's ten heats in the men's or women's. Um the first two or three heats or first four heats, I believe, or first five heats are are all the basically the bottom swimmers, right? Like they're the swimmers that are in the over a minute or are gonna be one or two seconds off, which in swimming could be a lifetime. Yep. Um in that first heat when there's only four swimmers in eight lanes. And uh yeah. and, and and but what's really interesting about that, and I think that's where commentary becomes so so important. And you hear when they say Oh, that was this person's personal best. And you're like, that's awesome. Like, yeah, you didn't make it to the semifinals. You didn't make it into the final. You have no shot at a at a medal. You came in to the to Tokyo. You quarantined, you did all this stuff for literally a one minute race and then off you go uh back home, right? But maybe that was your personal best, right? That's what you talked about, right? Like that was your long-term goal was to can I in the biggest stage, can I compete and ultimately do my best? Right.
2: Yeah. And, so, and that's the thing is like, so, and it's also putting all these things in perspective is like, you're on the greatest stage in the world. I, I would give anything and everything to be at the like, like to be at any starting line. I, I don't care if it's like in marbles. I, I or like yo-yoing. I like, I would want to be there. So, period. Right. Then it's the fact like, let's take into context everything it's taken to get there. Delayed by a year. A year is a lifetime for athletes, right? Where we know that they built everything on a four-year cycle. Now we're talking about athletes, like you said, quarantining, no family, no one in the stands, unfamiliar life, not even really getting all all the opening ceremony, closing ceremony, none of that, right? You're just, here's a pool, get in it, get out, go home, right? Like all that. Then on top of that, listen, swimming is one of those wild things where like, I, I, I'm, I do triathlons and you have to bribe me to get me in the pool because I, I don't understand how you can stare at a black line on the floor for hours on end. Like who, like that is that mentally, like at least with like soccer or all these other sports, you can vary up your training at the end of the day, you know, you're getting in a pool and staring at the line no matter what, right? There's a
0: lot of time. I, I did competitive swimming <laughs> until I was 16 years old. And it's just oh. one of the reasons why why I stopped was because at that time, they still hadn't necessarily really invented the idea of, uh, of underwater headphones. Oh. And it's like, I can't be alone with my thoughts for that long. <laughs> I I'm don't have that you. much to think about.
2: It's, but it's just like, and you're like, and here we turn again. And here we turn. So, so you put all that together, right? So, so for me, one of the key things, the key things in grit is, is actually making it less sparkly, making it less. It's, it's actually about consistency of the mundane, consistency of the mundane, right? Like how consistent can you be at a completely mundane task, right? And that because that's what essentially perseverance is. That's essentially what's building up. There's there's this great like a, it's like a picture uh, storybook uh, called Two Hundred and Twelve Degrees, right? So Two Hundred and Twelve Degrees is the boiling point of water, right? And it talks about all these different sports instances that are won by the tiniest margins, right? So uh, 0.09 seconds, right, was the difference in like the four by 100 meter relay, winning and losing, right? And it's saying, well, actually, that wasn't where it was won and lost. It was all the seconds before, right? The same as water doesn't just go from zero to boiling, right? It's all the degrees, beforehand right and then once once water boils it produces steam and steam can power a steam engine right so it's the consistency of the absolute mundane it's not going into the gym and every time busting out the heaviest squat you've ever done it's not breaking your leg and getting up and carrying on playing which is another thing we've glorified and saying that it's gritty that's dangerous and dumb right but we glorify it instead it's consistency it's like we said with the swimmers who get up at like four or five because apparently that's the only time people do swim practice i've never understood it jump into the freezing cold water and for an hour go back and forth standing staring at a black line that that's that's grit, right? And I think it's so important that that's what we're talking to to players and athletes about, and not this glamorization. Like, yes, there are people who've had to overcome injuries. Yes, there are people who've over had to come over hardships. That's also grit, but it's also unglamorous. Right. It's also are you just willing to be consistent? Are you willing to stretch consistently?
0: Well, and I think that's the key, right? Is the the ability to do the little things, right? Which I think. Are So, so difficult, especially when we talk about the youth level, right? <clears throat> Let's be realistic, the majority of players. Now, I've, I've met a decent amount of players and I coach some of them that genuinely do not want to score goals. They, they want to play in the back. They want to they want to be defenders or they want to be goalkeepers. And that's fantastic. I, I absolutely adore those kids because yeah. like. To me, the fact that you're just like, no, it's okay. I don't, I don't care about scoring goals. To me, scoring a goal is going into a crunching tackle, um, <laughs> but, but it's doing the little things in the moments that, that maybe you're not being watched because that's ultimately how you develop the consistency, right? Like you were talking about the mundane, right? Receiving the ball properly every single time, right? Without getting to that point of being unconsciously competent, right? Right. Can, can you get to that point in your life where like receiving the ball becomes this like second nature thing, right? Just like I don't, I do it without thinking, I do it right every single time.
2: Yeah,
0: um, yeah. Something that that I think so when we talk about soccer in the Olympics, um, it, it's it's I I absolutely love the Olympics, probably more than than the World Cup when it comes to soccer because I think the Olympics gives a different um platform. For different countries to at times come into it, and, and we saw it in Rio. Uh, Fiji was in the men's in the men's tournament yep. um, with their bright blue jerseys, which I thought were were awesome. Sorry, uh, and jersey. to me, in the, in the women's tournament this year, um, to me the the standout story was Zambia, yep, um, country that had never never um, competed in an international competition like outside of Africa ever before. Um, Coming in with a with with some inexperienced players, coming in with a captain who's 21 years old that played in in Spain and then now plays in the Chinese league, uh, starting a 16 year old as their left back. Um, but what was really cool, and I watched two out of their three games. Uh, so I watched the entire Netherlands game where they lost 10 to three. I didn't get to watch the China game, and I watched the entire Brazil game where they only lost one nothing. Yeah. Um. What was really interesting was typically uh countries that that in general and you you end up with a really tough draw, right? Like you play the Netherlands and you play Brazil. <laughs> right? Like like you know dream
2: come true, but not right. Like it's like, well, if we're gonna be here, we might as well check some boxes and play play some of the best teams in the yeah, world. I mean,
0: the only, the only other, the only, I think, other part of that would have been maybe a little bit different would have been if they had played Sweden and the United States. Like, that right, would have yeah, been... Make
2: it, make it the whole group. Throw yeah, them just,
0: in. Um, so anyways, so they, they play the Netherlands and obviously, you know, the nerves, I think, kind of set in first 10 minutes in, which I think that's when they give up two or three goals. The goalkeepers is, is not, doesn't seem a whole lot of, like, doesn't seem very confident, but then they settle into the game. And while granted, the Netherlands was the better team because they have the better players and they have the more experienced players and they have a striker who's an absolute monster up top um, who scored like 100 goals in five games, Uh, but with zero facial expression as she scored a goal. Um, um, But at the same time, Zambia settles into the game and begins wanting to go toe-to-toe, right? Wanting to go like punch-for-punch, like not not really backing down, right? Normally you would see that team sitting in a low block, like just just dropping back, and I put as many players in front of the box as I can to not get scored on. And it's the opposite; they just go right at them. And to me, the example of that was Barbara Banda, right? So she's the captain of the team, twenty-one years old, scores a goal when the game's like three or four nothing, and then with ten minutes left to go, she scores a goal, limps back towards midfield. And as the kickoff happens and that like, everyone might be like, Oh my God, she was, she, you know, she scored where she was injured to me. The, the, to me, the moment of doing the mundane was the moment the whistle blew after the kickoff. So after she scores the second goal, the whistle blows and she goes sprinting towards the Netherlands center back, takes the ball from her and scores her hat trick. And they, at the game at that point was nine to three or 10 to three already. Um, That to me was an incredible moment because it's easy to say at that moment like ah whatever it's fine we're gonna lose the game doesn't matter like and obviously I don't think at any point in the back of their head they're going like oh my god we're going to we're gonna win this game or we're gonna come back and score seven goals but at that point it's just like no like regardless of the score I'm gonna do the little things and to me the little thing is can I bust my butt to to go and put pressure on this player because I know that when the time comes when i am playing a more um realistic opponent to a certain extent right that's going to matter right
2: you've also got to think about it what's what's you know i completely agree with you and it says something about the coach who didn't Take off his players and say, "Listen, we'll just take whatever comes." And I'm resting them for the next game. Right? Yep. It's like it's like a recognition of the celebration of that they're there and giving them that opportunity. Right? And and like you said, it's it's the rest of the team being willing to still play because again, you could already be thinking, "Okay, we actually probably might only need three points to get out the group." Right? Yep. So like like this is a wash. We need to being the first game. You know, we'll call it a day right? I mean, you you even saw it last game of, of the US group stage, right? Yeah. Both teams kind of knew they were qualified, and you wanted to gorge your eyes out, right? Yeah. Um, good gamesmanship, you know, good whatever. But like, in that moment, right, it goes back to, it's how do you define success, right? And it's not, it's not for us externally to be defining other people's success, it's unless we really know them. And so like you said, like for Zambia, first off, you scored a hat trick at an Olympics. Not just that. You scored three goals. I don't care. Even if you're 10 something down to score three goals against yeah. a very, very good opposing team, that I guarantee you their coach was fuming, right? It was I'll not never... only
0: that. Like they were poor, like they were like poor defensive mistakes. Yes, give up, yeah.
2: Yeah. I'll never forget when, when Brazil scored their one and only goal against Germany in that 7 1 defeat. And the German goalie went nuts because he yeah. was like, Whoa no we don't concede right but but all this to say is like this is this is where I push people so much when when we talk about like what is excellence what is success um we that's not for me and you to decide right unless we're in that coaching stuff we're in it like like we can look externally and go oh us should have done better or this and that like what are the goals um, we don't know how what it took to get there now we know a bit of zambia's story and that's what makes it that much more impressive right is 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 just you got to think like no funding right and, and 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 you can say that as you wish but like you know this is average joe off the street right taking time off work you know they all have jobs right taking time yeah. away from family you were, no one was able to take their kids so you're away 2 3 weeks right maybe even longer quarantining not being paid, right? Having to probably pay for your own flights, all this. And now you're standing toe to toe with some giants of the game. Yeah. Nine, nothing, you know, seven, seven, two down. Yeah. And then you do the sprint, like, right? Like, that's the, yeah. that's where the grid is, right? That's where that consistency and that dedication comes in.
0: Well, and I think that's the other part, right? So, so when you're watching the Brazil game, 13 minutes into the game, foul comes in, VAR comes back it's so the goalkeepers injured they lose their goalkeeper they get a red card 13 minutes into the game and then you're thinking like all right well there's there goes Zambia like they're gonna go yep. squ- get scored on 10 by Brazil because it's it's Brazil like it's, Walter's it's gonna
2: get six yeah. yeah it's
0: not only that it's Brazil with Pia who is, yeah. who, is yeah. who is who is completely turned around the philosophy of that team too Um but and so they give up the goal right off the free kick and then after that it's become this like just very very balanced game between yep. between both between both teams and you're just like oh my goodness could you imagine what this would have been like 11 versus 11 <laughs> like none of that you put in a goalkeeper that's com- like had not played yet yep. which th- the goalkeeper that already played had already struggled to begin with had already Fr- given Fr- up 14 Fr- goals in two games
2: you're the backup to the person who conceded 14
0: right so you're just and she know that she has a, like a rock star like game you're yeah. just like oh my goodness like again it's the mentality that like and maybe and maybe it's one of those things um, you know maybe it's the reason why we didn't see fiji again in the in the world cup on the men's or in the olympics on the men's side and but and, and maybe zambia won't qualify again and and maybe, maybe and that's, and that's okay right it happens it happens quite a bit um but but to me like it's because those those players for the next 4 years are going to be playing somewhere right so you hope that all of a sudden that experience has made them better has has taught them something has given them something that now they're going to bring back to the rest of their teams at some point.
2: Yeah. But you but we also see and it, and it's something that 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 you mentioned is um and again this is this is the perseverance bit is where where does your mindset individually and where does your mindset as a team go when you lose a player, right? When you lose a player in a very very key position there's a difference between losing your your striker to losing your goalkeeper, right? when you lose a player that early on against one of the world's best teams what's your mindset where does your mind go right and and if you have individuals who have positive self talk right who have who have mental reframing techniques who have a good team spirit you you see what you saw from zambia right like you see toughness because it, you, you you know you know in those next 5 10 minutes all all heck can break loose right and, and you see this a lot with teams that coaches often say this, right? Sometimes it's harder to play against people with 10 because all of a sudden everyone's giving a little bit more on the yeah. other team. All of a sudden they're like, well, I've got to play for two people, right? And when if 10 people are saying that, now you're playing against the force field. But that that's not – in that moment, Zambia didn't get more talented, right? They didn't get yeah. – better right it's it's all up here and that and that is when we talk about grit that yes it is developed in weight rooms yes it is developed at practice but like it's not this physical characteristic right it's that being able to have that mentality right like you not you couldn't grit isn't going to make you shoot better tackle better head the ball like none of that but it's going to give you the mindset to unlock your potential much much better right and that that's what we have to That's what we have to keep teaching young people is being able to like, in the face of a setback, can you tap into all of your potential or is all of your potential stripped away? Like, like which, which way does this go?
0: I think that's, 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 you're, you hit the nail on the head, right? Like, especially at the youth level. um, I think it's easy because there are so many external factors that we as coaches Consider in comparison to the professional level, right, where we spend so much less time with the players. Right? We're talking about maybe a max of if we're lucky, right, in in a regular season, six hours a week, yeah. maybe, maybe, right. You got maybe you got three days a week of training at an hour and a half each day, so you got four and a half, and then maybe you got an hour and a half of a game, right. Mm-hmm. And, and the rest of the time, there are some external factors that you have very little control over, that at times are working against you from a coaching standpoint, even during games sometimes. And, and I give a lot of credit to, to families and parents because I do think that like, I do think for the most part people are are looking out for their best interest of their kid. Right. Yeah. I do think at times what we run into is that because the perception is, and, and I think this is where we sometimes miss um, from a coaching education standpoint, right? We do, we try to do such a good job of coaching the kids and the athletes, but we forget to, to coach the, the families, right? We forget to coach parents because, because you don't know what the definition of grit is for that parent. Yes. So we're expecting that in the six hours that we have them a week, again, on a really, really good week, we're teaching them our definition of grit, Right. The idea of the, the perseverance, the being able to do the mundane right every single time, finding the consistency, finding that long-term goal. Whereas maybe the other X amount of hours that are much bigger than six, it is just throw some dirt on it. Like how fast can you run? And like, you know, can you just make sure you're you're the last person standing? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that being the definition of grit, which again could be different, could be the same, whatever the case is, but I think that's that's what we. So how do we, how do we bridge that gap?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think I think for me, it's it's talking about it often and talking about it openly, right? It's um, again, I I am not a perfect coach, but I would say that ninety five percent of the players who I've ever coached. Like if I even mention grit, they'll roll their eyes and in a daze could tell you what it means. Right. Because I've hammered it home. Right. And just in that, they begin to have conversations with parents and adults. Now, you can be even more explicit about it. Be like, this is what we believe. This is what it looks like, Um, that we believe in working smart and hard, not just working hard. Right. Because when we boil it down, people believe working hard means that you're being gritty right it means all right no matter what if you're tired if you're injured if you're if you're down if you're upset like you got to go lift you got to go work hard like you said you're going to be the last person standing that's that's not grit right that's that's stupidity right that's just pure sheer-headed stupidity and and you see that with the abuse that Simone Biles got or, or Naomi Osaka right when they're saying actually, I'm not doing this right now because I'm not at my best or this is dangerous for me. Right. And everyone's like, well, you've got to be mentally tougher. The mental toughness is acknowledging that in this moment, that's not that's not what I need to do. Right. My goal is to take care of myself, you know, and and consistently speaking with parents about that. Now, now, you can train grit mentally in so many different ways. Practices, to learn. but actually, what I found, what I found, especially in the last few years, even even in my own training life, is that if I'm if I'm on a long run, right, and I'm about to quit, and I got to talk myself into running more, yeah, that's that's good mental training. But what I've actually found is forcing myself to do the mundane daily tasks and not give up on those that's actually made me tougher, right? And this a silly example, but the other day I had to go to Staples, right? And I had to print something from Staples and I had it all in my email and I went hit print all and it wouldn't let me print all. And the guy told me, well, you have to do each attachment separately. So I had 15 attachments mm. that I had to each time click on, wait to print the pages, click out, click into again, click out. And I started realizing that per attachment, it was taking me about five minutes. So I'm like, I'm going to be here for over an hour. And I literally like pulled out my USB thing, went to walk off. And I'm like, no, it will not hurt you. You have the time. Stand here and do this mundane click, click, click. And I did. And I believe that I got mentally tougher that day by doing that than I did carrying on on my run because there it was black and white right and it's the same as like folding laundry or uh unloading the dishwasher right and these are all okay quote unquote more more adult examples but when you think about the kids right is getting them to fold their laundry right or getting them to clean dishes or or getting them to go for a walk when they don't want to that that's how you start to train your mind to like do boring things when you don't want to right? Um, and, and I think that that's, that's something that parents can relate to. A, it helps them getting the kids to do the chores around the house. Um, <laughs> but again, we, we're, in a, we're in a you know, society, I don't want to sound like I'm on a soapbox, but where none of us, me and you included, we're not used to being bored. Right, We're not used to being bored, right? And so when you're then asked to do things that maybe are boring, like doing extra runs, doing some extra lifting, let's break this down doing injury prevention stuff, which is essentially just like bending your knee a load, right. Or stretching. We don't want to do them. I don't want to do, right. I'll go work out and I can easily go on a long run, 11, 12 miles. I'll go and do that. Tell me to stretch for 10 minutes. I'm like, Oh, don't think I have the time. Right. right? Consistency and getting better in, in the mundane. And so I think it's having those conversations with, with the parents, like, Hey, I don't think you need to push them to do these really massive things off the field, but can you help them like stretch their mind muscle by, by this week, making sure like your job is to make sure that they stretch for 10 minutes a day. That's actually going to build their their mental capacity for, for doing boring things a lot more often, right? Et cetera, et cetera. So I don't think there's a golden bullet, but I do think we we can be more creative in, in the ways that we're, we're training these things.
0: Awesome. Well, uh, Linda, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on on the podcast today. Um, I think uh, every time you're on the podcast, I learn something. I take something away. I start thinking halfway. Like I start like my mind starts to like. Alright, how can I apply this to my team? How can I apply this to my team? Like, where <laughs> am I seeing that like I'm trying to put the pieces like the, pu- the pieces of the puzzle together all in my head as as we're having these conversations. So it's, it's really cool um, to hear. And I'm super excited for for what you guys are going to be doing at Strive this year. I think it's going to be think it's going to be awesome. Uh, hopefully back into a year where where things are starting to hopefully come back in, in person yes. and things like that, which I think is going to be really excited for all of you. Uh, so thanks so much for coming on.
2: Thank you for having me. And, and you know, this is uh, some of my favorite people, my favorite topic. So it's a great way, great way to start the day.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much.
2: Thanks, coach.
0: All right, we are we're back, and um, doing. I gotta say, you missed a really cool interview, um, which it's okay. Uh, the good thing is that you're here, and we can talk about one of your favorite players, uh, Danny Alves. Champion, I believe wasn't he on your list in the, like the original episode in like episode one?
1: My favorite players. Yeah, hundred percent.
0: Yeah. So, so your your guy, Danny Alves, won won the Olympic gold. So he's won everything. He didn't everything. win
1: the World Cup. So he's won almost everything. I think he could hold off and probably make the next World Cup roster. There's
0: no chance. No he, shot. He, I mean, I mean, it was, it was it was awesome to see. Listen, I I there is no. Um, I don't know that I have a ton of admiration for m- any many Brazilian soccer players, um, mostly because again being Argentinian it kind of goes against everything. But, but I do genuinely like Dani Alves. I don't know why, but I, I, I mean I also like right backs that like to like to have a little flair to them. Um, so maybe that's part of it. I do like the fact that he played the Olympics as a right back and he didn't try to play as a center mid or whatever it was that he plays now uh, at at São Paulo. Right? Wherever yeah. you want me, coach. Yeah. <laughs> Sebastian lejet style. Um, but yeah, no, I'm excited. I mean, good congratulations to him. I mean, you won the uh you, you win the gold medal uh in PKs against Mexico. Which I think is was crazy to begin with. Uh and Mexico was a really good team too. Wait, no, sorry, not Mexico. Spain, Spain, Spain. Spain, Spain. They beat Mexico in the they beat Mexico in the uh in the semifinals against Spain. Spain.
1: Pedri and those yeah. boys got a silver medal.
0: Yeah. I, which, congratulations for them, too. You know, like a little bit of a consolation after not making it to the final in the uh, in the Euros. Um, so, so good for them. Um, but yeah. And then uh, Mexico ends up with the bronze medal, though. Being Japan.
1: So. Okay, Mexico didn't win anything this summer. That's a, a success. <laughs> And I think the biggest
0: topic of conversation has to be messy, right? I mean, obviously we started the podcast with, with the French introduction, which I'm, I'm, I'm assuming was, was very, very poorly. uh, The the very, very poorly spoken French. Rotten tomatoes.
1: What? Rotten tomatoes. Rotten tomatoes. Yeah. That's how your Spanish was. You know how they throw tomatoes at people on stage. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I mean, last week we
0: talked about the fact that Messi was leaving. And then between that and now we talk about the fact that Messi now is at PSG, already training. Um, I mean, it's completely shaken up the entire world of football. Uh, It is now a, like, (laughs) 24-7 in the Argentinian channel that I watch. They're, like, showing, like, the same clips of Messi at training. That's what it's come to, which is kind of cool and interesting. Um, I'm just excited to see what what PSG can do now with him, and hopefully he does win a Champions League because I think at this point in his life he's he's coming towards the end of the career. Um, but what I'm really excited about the fact that he is super motivated to be in the Argentinian national team. Uh, there's a rumor that in his in his contract. He has some sort of a clause in there that, like, basically at any given point, he has the ability to prioritize the Argentinian national team, um, which is really, really cool. Because it's an exciting version of Messi to see, the one that that wants to play on the Argentinian national team as much as possible. So I'm I'm really looking forward to that. I think that that's going to be really, really good. Um, and then we'll see what happens. Um, but I think, honestly, the biggest winner out of anybody, you know who it is? Neymar. Not Who is it? Bean Sports.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> because all of a sudden Bean Sports lost La Liga. Uh and they were left with, with Uber Eats League One or League One Uber Eats, however you want to call it. League. Un. And, League Un Uber Eats. Uh and also left with League League Dos Do? Do League Do League Do? Uh, who? I mean, let's be realistic. Who was watching the second division <laughs> French league? This um, Giacchini man, huh? Nicholas Giacchini. I mean, yeah, but but still, like, were you watching it consistently? No. Right. So all of a sudden, ESPN advertised La Liga, La Liga, Messi, Messi, and then all of a sudden, no more Messi, no more Sergio Ramos. Uh, so yeah, it, I mean. All of a sudden, Bean Sports coming out, coming out on top.
1: Ray Hudson put in a phone call.
0: <laughs> I'm hoping. Listen, I, I, uh, I, I found that Ray Hudson does the local broadcast for Inter Miami as well. Yeah. Which I he thought didn't was know that. I, I did not know that. I did yeah, not. I mean, I knew. I knew he guy. lived in Miami. I know he lives in Miami, but,
1: but yeah. Uh, yeah. Spoiler alert: He does all the well. He used to do all the Barcelona games from his basement. If you guys said yeah. Right. I
0: mean that that makes a lot of sense. I you know I've actually met Ray Hudson and I met Phil too. Really? Yep. I met them. I was at this is back when they uh when they used to be in Gold TV. Um I I did a tour of gold TV and actually sat in on one of the games they broadcasted. Gold uh, TV,
1: man, that's a throwback.
0: Yeah, you know how big the little booth is? It was super tiny. Um and they watched the game on a like 19 inch monitor that's how they broadcast the game it's crazy in a booth with a 19 inch monitor so those of you at home thinking like oh man these guys are there they're not there oh these guys are at least watching on a big screen nope little screen um tiny booth so yeah it's a good time we're gonna get ray on the podcast Let, listen if you're out there please on social media you know tag us Facebook.com slash Delaware Union on Instagram at Delaware Union Soccer and on Twitter at the Union Soccer and go at Ray Hudson. Uh, I believe um, his Twitter handle is Ray Hudson. Um, yeah, is at Ray Hudson. Tweet at Ray Hudson uh, and tell him that you want to you listen to him on um, on the podcast. And if you soccer. don't know
1: who Ray Hudson is, go to YouTube and listen to his gold commentaries. They're absolutely yeah. amazing.
0: He is a poetic genius. Or as he calls himself on his Twitter, verbal gymnast.
1: So, yeah. That's the accurate way to describe him. <laughs> a verbal I, I, I gymnast. That's super accurate. Yeah. I mean, I think so. Just type in Ray Hudson, Messi.
0: Like, type in Ray Hudson, just anything. And nine minutes. Type in them. actually. Type in Ray Ray Hudson, Ricky Pooch. Like I too. That 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 too. Like that's the only thing I'm gonna miss. I'm gonna miss. I'm gonna miss watching Barcelona games if Ricky Pooch ever plays, and listening to Ray Hudson talk about Ricky Pooch. Um. So yeah. All right. Um. So yeah. So you know. Messi is officially a PSG player. So from now on, we we will have a weekly Messi check-in and see how he's doing. Um, He will be presented at tomorrow's PSG game at three o'clock Eastern time, by the way, along with all the other players that are going to be there. Um, All the other players that are going to be there. Yeah. Well, I mean, big signings, you know, Wijnaldum, Donnarumma, Sergio Ramos, Hakimi, like PSG came out big this year. Um,
1: no financial
0: okay. fair play. Yeah, I mean, I guess not if you're
1: bringing in no, players got suspended for two years. Huh? Financial
0: fair play got suspended for two years. So Hawaii didn't? Oh, because La Liga couldn't. Yeah, La Liga has its yeah. own financial thing. Yeah. So. All right. Well, uh, player of the match. Duane, who is your player of the match this week?
1: My player of the match is going out to um, Paxton Aronson. He scored a wonderful goal. Earlier this yeah. week, um, giving him one. Uh, my other one is going to go to Ricky Pooch for having a phenomenal preseason. He scored a couple goals, looked yeah. really good. My third one is going go yeah. to go to Shell for making that wonderful substitution, subbing on uh, Keppa to win the PK shootout. A big, big move in the Chelsea Villarreal game. That's a solid move right there.
0: Kepa, who has not who has not played in like a year. Coming in and uh and and for the PK shootout.
1: Big saves too. Yeah. Yeah. So. so and you know people were hating on him at first. Like you are going looking on Twitter, like, why are they subbing on Kepa? Then they holding up the trophy they're like, that's why we subbed on Kepa. Right, from the cooler. No cooler no more.
0: No, that's right. He doesn't have a cooler anymore?
1: Doesn't have the boot. Oh, uh, well.
0: I was almost in a boot.
1: I, was almost, was, I was almost almost going to be like too shelled. I almost had a freak accident the other day. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm at the coach from a cooler.
0: I mean, I almost tore my Achilles going up the stairs. I'm still limping, so I might need a cooler for next week.
1: Literally just going up the stairs. Just somehow. Like age. Got to yeah. stretch FIFA Eleven before you go up the stairs.
0: <laughs> I got to FIFA Eleven before I go when I get up in the morning.
1: There you go. Um, yeah. Lay out I'm those cones. Around. Yeah. <laughs>
0: all right. My player of the match uh, this week goes out to the entire summer camp staff, but I think a special shout out goes to Audrey Truitt, uh, who worked all summer camp as a volunteer, and we kind of surprised her. Uh, with a little with a little birthday present because it was her birthday yesterday. Uh, so, yeah, big shout out to all the summer camp staff for doing an amazing job this summer. Um, and a big shout out to Audrey, who, who wanted to volunteer the entire summer. So, big shout out to her. All right. On this day in soccer history, uh, August 13th, 2004. Uh, Michael Owen. You remember Michael Owen? Michael Owen from Manchester United. Yeah, well, at the time, in 2004, Michael Owen was playing for Liverpool. Oh, really? Yep. And so he decided to leave Liverpool to go to Real Madrid looking for, you know, greener pastures. Uh, And um, he did not do so hot at Real Madrid. Uh, And you know who won the Champions League in 2005? Liverpool?
1: Liverpool. He <laughs> tried so, to go because like Real Madrid back then was the PSG they, they had everybody.
0: Yeah, and he did not so do so hot there. So, But yeah, uh, Liverpool won the Champions League for the first time in 2005. So, interesting move by Mr. Owen who also scored a goal against Argentina. So, don't really. Not a big fan. Alright, uh, fair play of the week. My favorite play of the week goes out to Morton Thorsby. Uh, do you know who Morton Thorsby is doing?
1: I have no idea who that is. No? Okay.
0: Well, Morton Thorsby is a Norway international who plays for Sampdoria in in Italy. So he decided to change his jersey from number 18 to number two this year uh, to bring awareness for climate change. Um, so... Uh, There's this thing called the Paris Agreement, which is uh, talking about, again, global uh, climate change. Um, So there's uh, 200 countries that are pledged to keep the global warming to below two degrees Celsius uh, in order to that way, hopefully, you know, have a change towards climate change or, you know, have a response towards climate change. So he changed his jersey number to number two. Um. So he said he needed to do, like basically you know use this platform to 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 do something. And he also created, he's also founded the uh, We Play Green Foundation, um, which encourages the football community to adopt environmentally friendly initiatives. So way way to go green, Morton. So yeah, that's my my favorite play of the week goes to Morton Dorsby. Yeah, I mean good for the cause. It's like yeah, uh I, I think anytime that you have the ability to like use your use your platform to 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 raise awareness for whatever your cause is as long as the cause makes sense and it's good, I think it's good.
1: I mean, it's like when Real Madrid where there's like recycling jerseys, recyclable jerseys. Yeah. I don't think that worked think, out too well.
0: No, no. Uh
1: no. All right, who's your fair player of the week? Uh my fair player of the week is gonna go out to Dan Simmons. Soccer Dan, Um, Soccer Dan. Soccer Dan. Hopefully, we can get him on the podcast sooner rather than later. But um, no, just shout out to Dan Simmons for all that he does. Man, he does a lot. Doesn't ask for a lot. Really good guy, training his still training his high school boys, 2011 boys. Um, just always being supportive. He's a great guy. He really is a good guy. Always does a lot of behind the scenes work. Yes.
0: Yes. Without without asking for things, which is always the best the best way to do it, right?
1: No, i will just ask he'll just ask you to put him in a tournament a week before the tournament starts.
0: <laughs> that, that is true. <laughs> and then you want to like really yell at him, but then you're like, Oh, but he does so much so it's so good. He does, he does so much He does
1: he, he cut the grass with scissors for us last week, but I can't get you in this tournament. <laughs> Oh
0: man. Yeah. What a, what a guy. All right. Well, uh, awesome. Um, well, I'm, I'm happy to be back in Delaware. I'm happy that we, we start the season next week because there's a lot to talk about. Um, I think this year for the, for the season, uh, we, our goal is to bring in more of our coaches into the podcast and our goal is to hopefully find a way to bring in some players. That's going to be hard because they're going to start back in school, but maybe we'll do some on-field interviews that one we'll, and then we'll just throw into the podcast. Um, which, by the way, I recorded a bunch of interviews with uh, with Fields Brown that you'll hear sprinkled in here and there throughout the next couple of weeks. Um, so those should be those should be a lot of fun, a lot of ninety first minute interviews uh, for the new segment. So ninety uh, sure seven you... What ninety seventh minute? The ninety seventh minute. Ninety seventh minute. There you go. Uh, well, make sure you subscribe and uh, give us a rating. Uh, give us a comment, send us any information you have, send us anything. Um, don't forget to tweet at Ray Hudson. Uh, to see if you can get him on the podcast, on Twitter, at The Union Soccer. Tag us on your tweet. I'm sure you can find him on Facebook and on Instagram, but it's Delaware Union on Facebook and at Delaware Union Soccer on Instagram. Thanks for joining us this week. And remember, always receive the ball on your front foot.